You're listening to the NFL on TuneIn. It's No Huddle with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Ross, thanks so much for taking the time. Let's start with what went down last night. Did you view that as one of the strangest games of the year with all the Saints penalties and injuries and the Falcons won despite three picks from Matt Ryan? Yes, uh, it was bizarre. But you know what, Brian? It it was still entertaining. And and this is the thing I've said. People complain about Thursday night football. Go ahead and compare and contrast Thursday night football this year to Sunday night football. In, In terms of competitive, entertaining games. It hasn't even been close. As long as it's a competitive game and late in the game, it's a one-score game and you have some of the things that happen, I'm all aboard. I thought it was awesome. Yeah, it was awesome. Uh, A little unorthodox in the sense of what we had an opportunity to see as far as the injuries are concerned, uh, along with two quarterbacks who are – best quarterbacks in the game, top five, top six guys in the game. Drew Brees, he ends up throwing an interception the last play uh, of that game. And also you saw out of four touch, out of four passes, you saw three interceptions coming from Matt Ryan. How odd is that? And do you think that ever happens or, or will that happen again the next time we see them play? Yeah, you know, that was part of what was weird, Cordell. I mean, what, to see Matt Ryan have those bad picks and Brees, and even at the end of the game, you know, Breeze took a sack when he had like seven seconds, it felt like, and the guy came all the way around. I felt bad for Teron Armstead, the left tackle. He blocked the guy perfectly, and Breeze still took a sack, which he's done such a good job in his career not doing that. Then he threw the pick, like you said. Matt Ryan had a couple terrible picks. And how about, you know, Dan Quinn and Sean Payton both making mistakes at the end? And I mean, Dan Quinn. I was surprised he didn't take the penalty. I think he thought the Saints would just kick the field goal to tie it. And then you have Sean Payton not even giving his Saints a chance to get the ball back to maybe tie. I mean, it was last night was really a comedy of errors. But, you know, as long as it's still a competitive game at the end, there's some plays being made and just unbelievable the two plays that Deion Jones made at the end of the game. I mean, there's a reason why you want athletic linebackers that can run and jump like that. And, Ross, ultimately, how much of last night's final score do you think is going to matter when it comes to who's going to win the NFC South because the Saints get a chance at redemption two weeks from now when they host the Falcons, potentially to win the division that game? Yeah, I still think the Saints win the NFC South. I think that they're the best team in the NFC South. Uh, But it it makes it a heck of a lot more interesting, not only in the NFC South, but – in the whole NFC, I mean, there are seven teams in the NFC that are better than everybody except for New England and Pittsburgh in the AFC. I mean, it's. I wish whoever the seventh seed ends up being in the NFC who doesn't make the playoffs, I wish they could go over the AFC and make the AFC a little more entertaining because right now we already know what the AFC championship game is. It's just a matter of whether or not the game's in Pittsburgh or New England. Are you buying the Atlanta Falcons at all? We saw six offensive players get injured for the New Orleans Saints, and they've still barely won this football game. How much are you buying the Atlanta Falcons? You know, they've struggled. You know, the, the last couple of weeks, you know, and they've played better teams against Minnesota and New Orleans. They've struggled. I'm not really buying them. Here's the thing about the NFC, and I'll put Atlanta in the same category as I would Seattle or Carolina or the other teams that might be the wild card, and even some of the division winners, I really feel like any team that makes the NFC playoffs is capable of going to the Super Bowl. And I don't think 
that Atlanta will be able to get it done or that Carolina or Seattle will be able to get it done. I think those teams have shown flaws and that they're not as good as Philadelphia and Minnesota and New Orleans, but I wouldn't put it past them. Whereas in the AFC, I mean, I'd put it past them. They've got no shot. There's no way any of those teams are going to be able to beat New England or Pittsburgh and get to the Super Bowl. Taking you around the league with Ross Tucker. Check out the Ross Tucker podcast, also ballcannon.com. Ross, you always do a great job filling in for Dan Patrick, so let me give you a question McLovin might pose. Somebody's got to be the three seed in the AFC. I agree with you. It probably doesn't matter. Looks like it's going to be the Patriots and the Steelers again in the AFC title game, but if you had a slot, the third best team in the AFC, would you lean maybe Jacksonville's direction? Are you buying the Red Hot Chargers? Who would you pick? Uh, those are the two. Uh, you nailed it, Brian. I mean, th- those are the two that came to mind right away. And I guess I would go with Jacksonville just because su- surprisingly and sneakily, you know, Blake Bortles has been playing pretty well recently. I mean, he's never going to be one of the top five guys. He's never going to have a- as good of accuracy as you would like. But you know what? He's been playing surprisingly well, and there's a reason why Jacksonville is rolling over people. And then what, the- what both those teams have, is unbelievable pass defenses with the pass rush and then the corners. I mean, both those teams are loaded at the two most important positions on defense. And then you've got Rivers on offense, obviously, which gives the Chargers a chance. I just think the Chargers are going to have a little tougher path. They're not going to be the three seed, so they'll have a little bit of a tougher path. I I, I think Jacksonville will, will be the three seed, and I think Jacksonville has a chance, if anybody, to maybe beat a team like Pittsburgh. I think Pittsburgh is a two-seed against Jacksonville as a three-seed. Could be a little interesting. We all know what happened earlier this season. Philadelphia Philadelphia has been the front-runners all year in the NFC. Uh, they went on the road against a team that lost four games and struggling with a running game in, in Seattle. Secondary is almost diminished because you don't have Cam Chancellor as well as Richard Sherman. Uh, they went on the road and struggled. How much you're buying them uh, to be able to bounce back, especially going against a high-powered offense of the L.A. Rams? You know, Cordell, if you ask me Monday, I feel like I would know everything I need to know about the Eagles. I believe that they're going to bounce back. I believe what happened Sunday in Seattle, I mean, Carson Wentz fumbles at the one. He missed a couple open guys. That usually doesn't happen for him. Doug Peterson wasn't as aggressive. Russell Wilson, I've never seen anybody like him. I mean, you, you did it at times, too, Cordell, but I, I just you – know, you know, Cordell and Brian, you know how fast NFL D linemen are. I went against them. I, I couldn't even touch them sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't know how Russell Wilson does that. I've never seen anything like it. Like, I, it, it makes me want to go back and watch Russell Wilson high school football highlights. I mean, what was it like? What, he, they can't even touch him if it were flag football or two-hand touch sometimes, and then yet he still makes some of those ridiculous throws it's, it's one of the craziest things I've ever seen, and that's what he did Sunday night. So I actually think Seattle is going to have a, a little bit back to earth after that. They had a lot of things go well. I expect them to lose in Jacksonville. Conversely, the Eagles stayed on the West Coast all week. They know what's at stake, and I have more faith in Wentz than I do in golf. And I think if you look, watch that Seattle game, Eagles O-line, D-line still played pretty well. I think they're going to get after golf pretty good on Sunday. I think the Eagles win and sort of uh, reestablish themselves being the best team in the NFC. So, Ross, based on your glowing praise of Russell Wilson, who, as you know, is the leading rusher this year for Seattle, where do you slot him in the MVP race? 
He's one for me. Uh, I, I would say one for him, and then Brady and Wentz, I can go back and forth. And, you know, sometimes I wonder, because I talked to Greg Cosell from NFL Matchup Show on, on the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, and the point he makes is that, Ross, at times there are guys that are wide open in Seattle's offense, and Russell doesn't just throw it. He just doesn't throw it to him. But then he runs around and does everything he does and makes a play and runs for 20 yards or throws 20 yards. But when you watch them, so many games this year, they haven't been able to run the ball. Their defense hasn't been as dominant. His O-line doesn't give him a whole lot of time, yet he's still making plays. Whereas in New England and Philadelphia, it feels like both Brady and Wentz have more help. They've been awesome. I mean, I'm saying they're two and three in the MVP race, but they've got a lot more help, it feels like, around them than Russell does. So I would go with Russell with the MVP. In the AFC West, it's really crazy right now. Three teams sitting at 6-6. Six and six. You saw a Kansas City Chiefs team that started off 5-0. and oh. You saw a Chargers team that started off 0-4. Oh Which team do you think are heading in the right direction to the point where you think they may end up winning this division? Yeah, I mean, to me, it's, it's, it's clearly the Chargers. Even if you look at their game against the Redskins, the Redskins have been pretty good. They almost won in New Orleans. They did win in Seattle. So it's not a gimme by any stretch of the imagination for the Chargers. But, you know, Chargers are going to win that game. Either the Raiders or Chiefs will lose a game. And then I'll be at Arrowhead next Saturday calling the game Saturday night for Westland 1 when the Chargers play the Chiefs. That'll probably be, you know, the game that ends up being the division winner. I just like the Chargers, man. I mean, Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram are both in the top three in quarterback pressures. Um, I like the way Phillip Rivers is, is, is going right now with Keenan Allen, and I just like the momentum that they have. I mean, the odds that the momentum stops for the Chargers and that the, and that the Chiefs get it back what they had earlier in the year just doesn't seem real likely to me. Ross, as we wrap it up, undeniably, you've become a mogul in your post-NFL career. I met you filling in for Dan Patrick. We love the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Westwood One affiliation as well. What can you tell us about Ball Cannon? Yeah, it's a buddy of mine from my hometown. It's like a jugs machine, Brian, but way, way better. Lightweight, smaller. You can have it in your backyard or in your basement. It's really like the first football throwing machine that you can actually buy for your kid, whether he's 7 or 9 or 12. I bought one for my nephew last year for Christmas. He still talks about it, still plays with it for hours with his buddies. It's like it's, it's that gift that actually gets your kids outside and that they'll be talking about for years because, you know, we all had that gift when we were younger that we still remember when our parents gave it. This is it. I'm just telling you. You can change the speed, the launch angle, and nothing I say is going to do it justice. Just go to ballcannon.com. Watch the video. Trust me, the thing is awesome. And in person, it's probably even 10 times better than that. And let me be the quintessential radio guy. Ross, it sounds like the ideal holiday gift. As always, we appreciate the information. Enjoy the games coming up this weekend. Tell Mike Florio to uh, stop giving you a hard time about, quote-unquote, only making it to Princeton because you were a football player. There you go. Thank you, Brian. Be well, guys. You've been listening to No Huddle with Brian Weber and former Steelers quarterback Cordell Slash Stewart live on the NFL on Tune. 20, 15, 10, 5, touchdown. The National Football League is on. Tune in.